I'm Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. Today, I'm here with my lovely wife and co-host, Paige Easter, and we are going to talk about, I think, one of the, the oft misunderstood and sort of underutilized tools that is available to anyone in any circumstance, but certainly for business owners, and that is the power of visualization. I'm excited to have the conversation with you, Paige. Yeah, I love this topic. I think, um, like you said, it's underutilized. Not a lot of people are talking about it. and kind of when they are, it seems like sometimes it kind of lands in the realm of metaphysical woo-woo. And so I want to, exactly. Yeah. So I really want to use this time to get really practical on this topic and everybody who's listening will walk away with some really clear steps to be leveraging the visualization as soon as. Yeah. And and I think there are some common misunderstandings about it. So I think it's useful to like go through some of those things because even the people who are using visualizations, a lot of times they're not really leveraging it in, in the practical way that you're talking about. So when you can use this is anytime, anytime you want to do anything that is not in your reality right now, you're probably already le- leveraging visualization in your reality more than you think you are. Because when you look around your world and you notice the results that you're creating in your life, those are probably the results that you're creating through the visualization that you're doing right now. We can just be a bit more deliberate and intentional about the kinds of visualization that we do and how we use it. I want to start with, I love this story. Michael Phelps is, you know, really famous swimmer and just blown other people out of the water. No pun intended, but also pun intended. And I think he attributes his own success to uh, exercises that his coach had him doing around visualization. And it was, they talk about it in terms of running a movie in his mind. So he like, he would, before bed, in the morning, he would be running the movie of winning the gold medal and what it was like to win the gold medal and just practicing in his mind from the moment he got to the blocks to the moment he crossed the finish line and won. And he would run that every day. He would run it over and over again every day, all the time. He was like constantly drilling. He'd be doing it before his ex- before his swims. He'd be doing it after his swims. He was just like really engaged in making this movie in his mind. And he directly attributes that to being the reason why he wins the gold medal or won the gold medals that he won. Um, And so I think that's like really awesome and really cool. And also a really great example of the way that actual practical visualization works, which is to run something like a movie in your mind. Anything to add to that page? Yeah, I, I think I'd just add that kind of, I think you touched on it already a little bit, but we're all running visualizations in our mind all the time a lot of them are happening under the conscious level. Um, But as species of survival, we're having these stimuli come into our brain space 
we see something, we sense something, and then our brain creates some kind of a story that makes sense of that stimuli for us to then take some kind of action. And without kind of consciously thinking about those, sometimes we create these patterns of thinking that are fear-based and really unresourceful. And then because we've already thought them so many times, they're just running in the background and we're not even thinking about them. When I'm talking about visualization, what I really want to be welcoming people into is figuring out like, and it might not be that important what the visualizations they're already running are, but definitely figuring out what to put instead so that they can be getting the results that they want and not showing up out of kind of fear or that something bad is going to happen and kind of being in self-preservation mode instead of leaning into the fantasy of the dream life where everything is exactly as you want it to be. Yeah. And, and I want to also hold some space for like why this isn't a very like a woo woo thing that we're talking about, a very esoteric thing that we're talking about. If you're into that sort of thing, it certainly has that kind of power as well, but I, I want to like make it really practical. And so um, th- think about this as, you know, our brains are, a set a system of neurons that are connecting with each other and what it means to learn a skill to develop a skill in the world is that you have neurons a a set of millions of neurons that connect together and when they fire they get more and more tightly interwoven and wired up together so that when you are running the skill the more neurons are connected together in the like the system of neurons that is that skill the easier it gets to run that skill and that happens through repetition okay And so what the power of visualization is, one of the powers of visualization is, is that it is doing those reps. It's helping us to like build those neural pathways in our brains. And that makes the development of the skill more inevitable, happen faster, happen more successfully, happen with fewer errors. And we can get that from the the raw way of doing practice, right? But it also, we can do it in the visualization way and actually improve. And so they've done all kinds of studies with this. You know, uh, I used to be a ballet dancer when I was in um, Miss Vinton. Shout out to Miss Vinton. <laughs> she, she would have, a, she was my Russian trained ballerina and very, like, very strict, but she was always going on about practice. And she said when we, when we would get injuries, okay, so because injuries can be like for a professional ballerina, an injury can actually put you out of a job forever if you're not careful and if you don't if you if you don't do what it's required to come back and and come back strong it can put you out of the job so because we're always you know auditioning and things like that so she talks about this story of a ballerina who had a massive injury ACL tear and really big deal out of commission for 6 months not even able to get on the dance floor okay but every day that ballerina would go and and she would be in a wheelchair but she would go into the class with everyone else and she would close her eyes and while everybody else was running the 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 bar and the across the floor exercise and everything like that she was doing those exercises in her mind as though she was doing them in real life as she was doing them and the story is that she after her 6 months and usually once you get back on the floor then you have all this recovery time but she was ready to go as soon as she got back. Like it was like within weeks, she was back to where she had been before, which is like unheard of for recovery. And so, and they've done this with basketball players and they've done this with piano players and all kinds of different skills that when you sit and do the visualization, your skill actually improves in a comparable way to people who are doing the physical practice in the world, which is pretty cool. So that's what we're doing. We're building these, we're building these movies. So let's talk about how do we, how do we do this? How do we build these movies? Paige, I think hypnosis is really great. 
kind of, this is a great segue to talk about how some of the power of hypnosis around this. You want to talk, do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think hypnosis, what, what we're doing is we're going in and we're finding those subconscious stories, the stories that we're no longer telling consciously, but our body is kicking off a sequence of emotional reactions that are driven by all of the chemical processes in our body. Right. Um, and so we may experience some sort of resistance to taking a new type of activity in our reality. It might feel really challenging. And so there are a lot of ways that we can navigate around that. But one of the ways is to use hypnosis to go in and figure out, well, what is this, what is this behavior about? Like, where's the origining or like the origin story of the decision to always show up in a certain way? And we can go in and we can look at those stories and then we can kind of help our brains see how those stories aren't working for us anymore. And we can put them to peace and alleviate some of the stress that different kind of the parts within us are experiencing uh, and then putting up resistance to changes of behavior. But the most important part, well, it's all really important, but one of the most important parts is then ending the session with creating um, like a visual reality, like a, the telling of a story of, and then you're going to walk into the room and you're going to feel really confident and you're going to know that you're confident because you're standing up straight and you're looking people in the eyes and you're leaning in and then you're noticing them have a reaction to you. And we're painting all of these little details about this picture of what it looks like when you're integrated into a reality that is the way that you want it to be so that we can give brain something to work towards and leave behind this old way of being. And give it something to do those mental reps on to actually do the mm -hmm. practice, right? Because yeah. you don't always like walking into a room confidently. Like how many rooms do you walk into in a day that you could actually do mm -hmm. those reps? But in your mind, you can walk into that room thousands of times in a day and practice the feeling of being confident and making eye contact with other people and, you know, projecting your voice when you talk and standing in the middle of the room and all of these other markers of success, standing with arms akimbo. I just learned about yeah. <laughs> what that means. <laughs> You know, and so, and you can practice all of those things in your mind thousands of times a day, even though mm -hmm. the opportunities to walk into rooms are not that many every day. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think what we can be doing outside of like, cause in hypnosis, we can create a recording for somebody. That's how I end my sessions is I'm creating a recording of now this is how your reality is the way you want it to be. And then we can take that as like a, a foundational jumping point to then take that story or that movie and then develop it even more and spend time with it and like step into the world where you're absolutely confident and look around and, and see what's around you. Like what's different? How does your body feel? How do people react to you? What kinds of people or like what kinds of things are you able to achieve when you have this level of confidence that you now want? And then thinking about like even the steps. Okay. If I wanted to like, as I'm developing into becoming more confident, I know that I would walk into rooms and I would first prime myself. I'm a confident person and then walk into the room and like start noticing. And then we start trying that in our real world. And then we start getting the feedback and then we can develop the fantasy or the story or the movie more and more with more and more depth until it starts. Like we, then we start noticing ourselves start walking into that reality as we're kind of clarifying at a very detailed level, what is it really, really actually like in this world? One of the ways that I also like to talk about this is if you were to direct a movie or even create like a video game, 
like there was so many pieces of this video game, like the color schemes and the environments and the character and what is the character wearing and how is that character walking and like, even getting into like what's their gait like, like the like what's the micro expressions that they make on their face and even like as we're visualizing, kind of start mimicking them in our body and like ex- like embodying them and experiencing them, trying them on and seeing like okay, is that what it's like when the world is how I want it to be? Mm. And we didn't, you didn't mention at all in there, the storyline of the video game, the video game is actually a series of choices that we're making, right? And so you can be actually practicing those choices in your mind as well. What kinds of choices are you making? Where are you standing? You know, where are you sitting? How are you speaking? All of those things as we navigate our path through what I love about that example you gave of like, kind of, all right, I'm about to walk into this room and I'm going to like kind of charge myself up before I walk into the room is that that's like a very practical step. So this is actually... I think a useful place to to talk about kind of how people don't use visualization to its fullest, because I think a lot of people when who are sold on visualization, they do believe in visualization. I think a lot of people go to that like end stage, that end state, and they're like, all right, what's my life like when I do that? And I think that is a beautiful exercise. It's really powerful. It's powerful to just start to develop that fantasy, as you say, to just like cultivate it. Because one of the things that that's going to do is help you to recognize opportunities to create that world as you're walking along. The more you spend time in that that visualization of your future, the more likely you are to notice when there are things that you might add to that future from your options in the present reality. And I think the other side of that, this is like where it gets a little bit more tactical and a little bit more practical is, so we have that that visualization of the future. And I think a lot of people, this this is like a fun experience to do, creating a vision board, that's a very fun experience to do doing this kind of like developing the fantasy out in the future, that's fun. And that tends to be, I think, a little bit more readily available to people. And then the the part that I think really turns up the volume on the visualization, the part that really makes you get the juice out of it is when you now start to back that out in terms of action. And you start to think, all right, like, all right, so I've created this result in my life or my business or whatever. And that's the the visualization is about that result. And it's like, all right, cool. Now, what kinds of actions am I taking on a regular basis? So who am I? How am I showing up such that that reality is true? What's my best guess of that right now? Okay. And then we don't stop there because then we take each one of those activities. So let, let's take a, a business example. You know, I've like, I've created some revenue number. Okay. And so that revenue, all right, well, that's that's coming from some amount of sales. And so part of the visualization process is actually breaking that down and saying, all right, cool. Well, if I want to get to this revenue number and here's how much my product is, how many of those do I am I actually selling? Okay. And then you you can start to break that down further and like really take the logical steps back and say, all right, cool. Well, if I'm going to sell that many, like how many opportunities to sell this thing do will I need in order to get to that end? Right. And so that you can start to back into that. And then you can say, all right, cool. Well, how am I creating those opportunities? And how, how many of those activities will I be taking? And then you get yourself all the way down to like, what, what is one activity? So for example, it might be sending an email out or something like that, or it might be going to some event or doing some piece of outreach on the social platform of your choice or whatever. And really get yourself to that level and think like, all right, right, cool. So now I'm sitting down to do that in the present moment. I'm actually sitting down to write that email. I'm sitting down to do that outreach. I'm sitting down. I'm about to walk into that networking event. Now, what am I doing here? And really running that the reps that way. 
Okay, so we've so we've taken now this like kind of esoteric out in the future visualization of what the world will look like once we've done all this work and we've kind of walked it backwards and we've kind of broken it down into like all right, well what is the what are what is the step-by-step plan? And then the last piece is actually like all right, what does it feel like for me in my body to sit down and do this step? Because the more we do those steps, the more familiar we become we become with what that process looks like. And then the more skill we can develop at those steps. Cause right now you can sit down and say like, all right, I'm going to write an email, but seriously, like imagine sitting down and writing that email to someone that you don't know, or to someone that you do know, how do you actually structure it? What's important about writing an email? How do you sit down? Cause this is where the devil's in the details and we can get blocked and we can start to put things off. It's cause we're not really clear on them. One of the three major reasons for procrastination is that we don't know how to do something. So this visualization step can actually break that how down, break that how barrier down so that we can get ourselves taking action because we've already done it in our mind. We've already practiced this thing. And we've already built some of those those nervous system pathways. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah, sense? Totally. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, anything to add to that? Well, I was just thinking about that, you know, you said earlier that people might feel a willingness to indulge in the future state and kind of cast a dream around like, what is it going to look like when I'm already there, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I want to like pause there for a second, because I found that it's not always that easy for a lot of people. There's like some safety mechanisms that are in place of like, I can't even really dream about this thing because a critical mind or like a realist within us we'll start shooting down those ideas. And I think an antidote to that is kind of what you were just talking about of like, well, what would be the steps? And like realizing that it actually isn't as dangerous as our brain might think it is. And it's not actually that hard. And I think what people do instead of sitting down and holding themselves to like, what would it actually take is they start indulging in this fantasy where it doesn't go the way they want. And they shoot down their dreams before they even give the dream space to even coalesce into something actionable. Exactly. And this is the thing that we're talking about, about ways that you're all, you might already be using visualization, but to your detriment rather than to your benefit, right? Because this is what I think about how often, how, how easy the tendency for us to like have a bad interaction and then to replay that bad interaction over and over and over and over again in our minds. Okay. That is visualization. We're using visualization. We're just using it in a way that's not helping us to, we're going to, we're more likely to keep creating that result in the world because we've practiced it so many times and we built those nervous pathways, those neural pathways in our mind. So this is like using visualization in a resourceful way is like, all right, cool. Like identifying like, well, what, what, what might it look like in this in this one instance? And you said this thing, because I, I sometimes have a hard time finding that fantasy version in the future. This is like, it's it's like an area that gets muddy for me, right? When I go out there. And I think, I think for some people that is like, because they don't actually believe that the thing is possible. And, and if, by the way, if that's your quick side note question that you can ask yourself, practical question that you can ask yourself, if that is your thing, ask yourself this question. Do I believe that there's any possible world where there's a version of me that just makes all of the right choices, all of the right connections, all of the right, um, you know, choices and actions and thoughts. Is there any version of me in the, in all of the possible universes that would inevitably walk me through to that outcome that would get me there? And I definitely believe that one of those paths could possibly get me there. And the answer is probably yes. Right. 
because that's that's what we're talking about. We're we're like trying to find that one pathway, and then what the visualization does is it helps us to find that that specific pathway. Okay, so ask yourself that question because that can help us to get over the possibility hump. That's another reason why people procrastinate is because you know we don't believe that it's possible for us. But if we if we actually ask that question, do you believe that you could that there is a series of actions that you could take if only you knew what they were and you were motivated to do them and you took the actions? Do you believe that there is some path that would get you there inevitably? And that can help us to get over that possibility hump. If you can't envision yourself doing it, think if somebody else has already done it and then envision that they probably aren't the only one and probably somewhere out there has done it and they are definitely dumber than you. Totally. Yeah, that's another way to get over it for <laughs> sure is, is to like see somebody else who has who has already done it and then to imagine that person as a baby. That baby didn't know how to do whatever the thing was, there was some path that they walked to get them there. Totally. And so that path is available to anybody who doesn't have a skill yet because babies mm-hmm. can't do anything. Right. I, I mm-hmm. famously say that I can, can do babies. <laughs> but not because I'm better than a baby, but just because I got more life skills and I know the path to kicking an ass. Oh, that's that joke never gets old for me. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so the other thing that I was going to say is like this, this like clarity of visualization around outcome. So, and, and that's because, and that, again, for me, that's not always the most obvious thing, like what it actually looks like. I can usually get an idea. So for me, what that what that outcome looks like is it sounds like a story in my mind. It's more like and this is actually a useful thing to point out because we use the word visualization. But actually, what we mean is whatever your mode of creating in the future is inside yourself, because it doesn't have to be visual. So for me, it's like in language, I think in language about that far distant future. And it is like actually not as obvious to me or even that useful for me to try to create into a visual sphere out in that future. So for hypnosis, that's something like where like audio is what helps me in hypnosis rather than vis- video, visual things is to like hear things or to like, or I'm very like kinesthetic. So feeling things in my body is really important for me. And so, so I'll have like a narrative story a language story about what that future looks like, not quote unquote looks like, right? Air, air quotes, quote unquote looks like, cause I'm, t- I'm talking about words. That's what I'm hearing, seeing, whatever you want in my, my mind about the visual future. And then from there, I can, I can work backwards and I can say, all right, cool. So like, what does it take? What do I believe are the component parts that create that? And then like back that story that we were doing before, where it's like, you walk it all the way back to like, what is my moment by moment action? And now how do, how do I imagine myself interacting with that? You know, and, and this is like for the things that you do, but also for the things that you avoid. So, um, you know, like there are going to be things that are going to get in the way for you. You're going to have challenges that are going to come up, right? Right now, you're probably aware, given your history with yourself, of some of what those challenges might look like and the way that you show up when you are not operating at your most resourceful. Okay, so part of your visualization path can be, how do I navigate the ways that I know that I usually get in my own way. Okay. And once you're prepared for those and we practice navigating those in our mind first, then we're more prepared and more likely to navigate those when they actually show up in our life. Cause that's what we're trying to do is to really like increase likelihood of success, not like see every, every moment of every, every second of every moment on out into the, the future. But it's like to like increase likelihood that when we hit any roadblock we're we navigate it. Mm-hmm, totally. And I think it's a good moment to just talk about perfectionism, because I think some people will use something like a visualization to create it perfectly before they start taking action. 
And I want to caution against mm-hmm. that because what we're, what we're not trying to do is use visualization to keep ourselves safe. We're Slow trying to be, yeah. we're, what we want to do is to in, like be generative and be creating pathways. And so, um, I, and I think that this is like the unresourceful form of visualization is to think of everything that could go wrong. And, and brain is going to want to do that. Like brain wants to advocate for the homeostasis that it's created in your reality. It doesn't want you to expend precious energetic resources to go out and do risky things. And so it's going to make up these really sensical, logical, like very grounded and things that make sense excuses why you shouldn't. And what we really want to be doing is using visualization as a way to get around that is to like get ourselves into taking action. And as we're creating this clarity of like, what are the fine tuned details of like, what does the outcome look like? And what are the steps that get there is that we're visualizing and then we're going into reality and we're testing. And then we're refining our fantasy or our story or our movie. We're refining it over time as we're engaging with it, not hiding from it. Absolutely. Like, and that's the, the, I'm so glad you brought that up because the action component is so important because that's how we like cultivate our actual understanding of physics and our awareness of how the world actually operates. Um, And so, and so, you know, it's one thing to visualize. It's something else to be like in practice. So like the the story, I love this. Uh, I was outside, I was at a philosophy class. This was in college and I had, you know, I had this one period of time where I like had like 45 minutes between one class and the next. And and uh, one day I was just like hanging out by my next class and there was a wall that was like maybe like shoulder height for me. And I got it in my mind for whatever reason that I was going to walk, I was going to run up that wall without touching it with my hands. And that, that was just, that was what was going to happen. So this is like an example of a visual, visualization. I could, I could imagine in my mind what I, end result I wanted. I wanted to be able to run up on the wall and not touch it with my hands. Now, I didn't know what that actually looked like. Like I, I was kind of picturing something like Mario, I think in my mind where I was like <laughs> running up the, running up the walls, like with multiple steps. And that was not actually what wound up being the case. And so for like, for 45 minutes, I just sat there and I did rep after rep after rep. But before each rep, I was literally imagining myself, the feeling in my body of running up that wall and getting up on top of it. And so even as I was doing that, I was starting to understand the limitations of the physics of what was happening. So, you know, at first I'm like picturing like Mario, like multiple stepping up that wall. And then that's just not, that wasn't a thing that I was even close to being able to do. But what I could do was use like a a slide step against the wall and get my next step a lot higher on that wall than I thought I could. And so it took me doing reps and actually practicing trying to run up the wall to even be able to understand how to modify my visualization so that my visualization then became like, I'm actually going to take one step off the wall and then slap my other foot up on top of it. And that took multiple reps. And then it took me multiple reps of trying that until I ultimately, by the end of the 45 minutes, I was like, yeah, I was like so excited because I had been able to do it. That's like the the long and the short of that, that visualization process, right? It's like you have your end goal in mind or what you think your end goal in mind is. And then you do reps that help you to understand the physics of how this operates. And while you're doing reps, you're still practicing your visualization before every every rep that you're doing so that you're really getting yourself familiar with what the, the outcome is. I have one yeah. more point that I want to make before we wrap up. One of the things that is playing a role is our, our willingness to experience our present reality. 
And so if we're being guided by my current reality is so unbearable, and then that would be very uncomfortable to set a goal and then fail at it and then continue having this current reality that's so uncomfortable. I want to bring in visualization around present moment. And that present moment is perfect and whole and complete exactly as it is. Because I think we, if we're spending too much time in how we wish things would be, we can kind of inadvertently create, like charge up a lack of acceptance for how things are. But I think in order to to really take action, we want to experience a sense of safety and completeness and wholeness in our current moment and experience gratitude that things are going well as a way to resource ourselves into the willingness of taking risky action, doing new things, making changes to our reality. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a great way. Gratitude is a great way to charge up any practice, but especially this visualization practice to do it from a place of center and groundedness and feeling okay in the world. I want to, I want to give us some like practical exercises for, to take this out into the world. So we kind of just to re- recap one of the ones that I talked about earlier is to start with that end goal in mind, that visualization of like what, what does an end state look like and get as clear as you can about that. But then actually like walk yourself backwards. Like what, what are the steps do I think? From where I'm standing right now, because remember, as you take reps and as you like walk the path, you're going to get clearer and clearer on what that actually looks like. And that's why this visualization is an iterative process. But walk yourself backwards in your visualization. All right. Like, what do I think it's going to take to create that? And then what, what does it, what are the actual steps? What will my physical body be doing in the world when I'm doing these steps? And imagine yourself doing those things because that's going to bring up questions that you didn't think to ask. It's going to like, what's kind of cool about this is it actually is a way to step into a portal into another dimension and start to like live into that world where you really are already doing these things. Cause that, I mean, like we do this on a lot of our team meetings. That's where I'm like, you know, Josie brings up like, well, we're going to do this thing. And I'm like, all right. And I start thinking through like, all right, what does it actually take to do that thing in the world? And then that helps me to see like maybe obstacles or stumbling blocks that we might run into and then start to think about what a solution to those things might look like. So, uh, so start with the end in mind, work your way backwards down to the smallest step, the actual activities that you will be taking. And then imagine yourself taking those activities and the kinds of objections or the kinds of resistances that'll show up and imagine yourself navigating those resistances, finding some ways to do it. We can talk about that in a different podcast. Uh, also, that's a great reason to hire a coach is to help you like come up with your strategies for overcoming those things. So that's one exercise that I wanted to kind of pull out. And then the other exercise is this version of you, this alternate version of you who has made all of the choices, taken all the actions, met all the people that has gotten there and find that person and then like identify it. I like to give it a name. Corwin is my version of this. Uh, and it's from a book that I, I love, but it's like person who creates out of infinite possibilities. And so if I need to tap into a resourceful state, a possible, an inevitable outcome state, I can just go in and, and tap into Corwin and how does Corwin choose to think and show up in the world? And how does Corwin like decide to interact with other people? And how does Corwin think about project management and email writing and all that other stuff? And so this can be a resource that we can tap into where you just sit and you like imagine that version of you for whom the outcome is inevitable. Any other thoughts to add to make this practical page? Getting to practicing visualize, visualizing yourself doing the reps of something. So if confidence building, visualizing yourself walking into the room and engaging with people and, you know, using what you've already experienced when it didn't go well or when it did go well to formulate what is a way that it will work that you will get the results you want every time. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Just make it very practical. 
very practical because the more, again, the more we practice it, the more we're making those neural pathways, the more inevitable it will become for us to be able to take that action. All right, great conversation, Paige. Thank you so much for uh, for walking through this with people. And for all you listening, uh, I wish you the very best. I think this tool is such a powerful tool for creating whatever life it is that you want is to start in the place of seeing it uh, or, you know, quote unquote, seeing it and then working your way backwards. Get really practical with it. All right, live your freedom, love your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.